0: Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore.
1: You're listening to Out of Oz, a podcast from Building 28 Church.
2: Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain.
3: The Great and Powerful has
2: spoken. Who are you? Oh well, I, I, I am the Great and Powerful Wizard of Oz.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Out of Oz podcast, the podcast from Building 28 Church, where we take on the fallacies and fantasies of modern Christian culture with courage, conviction, and compassion. I'm your host, Peter Tragos, and with me as always is Aaron Curran, the pastor of Building 28 Church. And speaking of courage and compassion, uh, today's going to be an interesting
1: day because when we talk about COVID-19, which is what we're addressing today, and specifically the vaccination, courage is not as we've talked about before, this over-aggressive, idiotic, brash, uh, reckless pursuit of whatever you want. Um, Courage is a a power that's under control, and it's an ability to stand against a common norm. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. We're also going to talk about compassion and feeling with those who perhaps have differing opinions than we do on this. Joining us on the podcast today, I'm excited for these two ladies, friends. I'm going to let them kind of introduce themselves. So, But first, we have Megan Long. Megan, Can you let us fill us in on what you do uh, and what your dealings with COVID have been?
2: So as much as you like. that is. (laughs) So I'm a pharmaceutical rep. Um, I've been a rep for almost 15 years. Um, And as far as COVID goes, my experience has been more personally than professionally is because I don't deal like in vaccinations, but um, I had COVID and it started off pretty easy peasy. And then It wasn't easy peasy. So I struggled with it quite a bit. And I was kind of one of the, the doctor said the one in the million that head scratcher they couldn't quite figure out because they didn't fit into any of the high risk categories, um, no underlying conditions, uh, young, healthy, good set of lungs. And it just kind of, it really got me. So changed my perspective a little bit on some things after having having it like I had it. Um, But that's pretty much. I
1: think that's happened for a few people now. Yeah. More than a few. Or I've, they, I've they, they were they were they were like, This stories. is a, this is ridiculous. This is yeah barely real or a hoax or whatever. Not to say that's where you were, but then they're like they get it or somebody close to them gets it and it changes everything for yeah. them. We also have Renee Young. Hi. Hi, mm-hmm. Renee. Um, another Enneagram enthusiast in the room. Yes. So yes. much to Peter's chagrin. But uh well, but we're well, not talking well. about that today. We already had uh, that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. But I just like to bring it up just to pester Peter. Um Renee, fill us in.
3: Yes. Um, I'm a registered nurse. I've been a nurse like over 12 years. Um, And my focus has always been emergency and critical care medicine. I hold certifications in both. And I'm an acute care nurse practitioner student at USF, which I'll be finishing this year. So my current role is I work on the alert team for one of the major hospitals around here where we do, I respond to all the in-house emergencies, um, particularly ones that are neurovascular or cardiovascular in origin, um, as well as things coming in by EMS. So if If you get, if you call 911 because you think you're having a heart attack or you think grandma's having a stroke
0: or a car accident.
3: No. Oh, no. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> so these Most are- Most important people that go into
0: emergency rooms. <laughs>
3: yes, yes. No, 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 no. They're super important and they get really super great important. care, but that's not my focus. Okay. My focus is like neurological and cardiovascular emergencies. Could be
0: neurological issues with car accidents.
3: They can, but that's not a stroke. go, Pete. It's, it's a brain,
0: brain injuries.
3: <laughs> Again, not a stroke.
0: <laughs> not a stroke, but it's it's a brain injury. <laughs>
3: it is super important and I want you to feel validated I about do.
1: that. <laughs> I <laughs> do. Ooh. Yeah, another savage on the podcast. <laughs> this do.
0: is great.
3: Okay. So, but anyway, so during COVID, I mean, I have not personally had COVID. And really, I thought for sure by now I would have gotten it. Like seeing, you know, the working with the patients that I work with. Um, But we have seen an uptick in strokes caused by COVID. People are in a hypercoagulable state, so their blood clots more easily when they have COVID or recently had it. Um, There's been a lot of concern for increased heart attacks. We've also seen kind of the flip side of that, which is. The level of panic in the community, people refusing to come to the ER, even when they're having an obvious stroke or having an obvious heart attack, um, because they're so scared of getting COVID. So, I mean, we've really kind of seen like the gamut of responses from the community and then also just kind of what we've seen in the hospital.
1: Cool. Well, thank you for being on. Thank you, Megan, for being on and joining us today. We are talking all things COVID, specifically the vaccination and should Christians get it. And I think there's going to be some nuance to that. Like one of the things I've heard is that Christians should get it out of love for others, kind of like you should wear a mask out of love for others. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to let you roll forward with this, Pete.
0: Let me drive the bus. Yeah, you, should, like you can
1: drive, I'll give you. I'll give the wheel back to you.
0: All right. So, so both of you ladies are in the medical field, right? Um, some pushing the drugs on us. Not looking at anybody specifically. Oh, <laughs> okay, Others trying go. to help us when things go wrong. <laughs> um, so, so, what is your feeling as far as how Christians should look at the the COVID pandemic, how it's kind of hit the world, and then how should that help us in making our decisions with vaccinations, masks, and how we kind of look at how we deal with it as Christians and looking to how we treat our neighbors and everybody around us.
3: I think, you know, as Christians, we're not called to fear. And I think we are called to be, you know, salt and light. And some of that involves doing like an extra step of thinking. Like I think that we should hold ourselves to a higher standard when it comes to that. Like the people might be panicking and there might be just madness everywhere. Um, but I don't think we're called to that. I don't see any, you know, Agreed. scriptural, you know, agreement for that. Um I mean, specifically as far as COVID and kind of, you know, loving your neighbor. I mean, I think that is a huge part of it, right? Like, I think we are called to uphold our community. So whether that's, you know, working, you know, on the front lines or doing our part with masks, um, whether that moves into vaccines, debatable, right? Um, But I mean, I I think as Christians, right, we are called to be salt and light and not sand spurs. And I tell this to my kids all the time, right? We shouldn't be, because we're Christians, we should be able to make the world better because we're here. Um, And we shouldn't be so like ornery and disagreeable and um, things like that, that no one wants to deal with us. Right. Like I wouldn't want people to roll their eyes just kind of by nature. Like the God
1: coming on earth doesn't look like that. Right. I mean, but it doesn't look like spineless waffling people either. And so there's this healthiness, this uh, rhythm that should come with Christianity of like, I think you said, well, thinking through things. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I would agree with you. I would actually say even when it comes to mask, clearly, sure. you kind of know where I am. There's 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 debate to be had around all of it. Um and I don't know if there's too much in the COVID realm where it's just black and white. This is what all Christians should do.
3: Yeah, I think the science is changing too quickly, right? Like at the beginning, you didn't need a mask unless you were a healthcare worker. And then they walked that back, right? So I think because it's just such a fluid situation and the science is still rolling out, like you do kind of have to keep an open mind because there's a lot of nuance with all of it.
0: The only known about COVID is there's so much unknown. That's And there's so much hate
1: because I've gotten hate for wearing a mask from some of my right wing friends who are like, don't feed the fear and frenzy. And I love the right wing friends. And I've also gotten hate for not wearing a mask or for like when we put in the mask mandate here at building 28, what was that? August in, in of July, yeah. whenever the numbers were yeah. spiking, we put this in, Hey, you had to wear it to come in. Then you could take it off when you sat down. Um, we had that in for six or eight weeks. And a lot of people were like, we're not even coming to church during that time. And um, which I have my thoughts on. And, uh, and then. rehashing and, all the podcasts. <laughs> <we've already done laughs> and and then, and then we, when we, when we, uh, Lifted the mask mandate, first for teachers of kiddos, mm-hmm. with, with the science seemingly indicating that kiddos don't spread COVID. At least that's what we had, had seen. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of kind of visceral antagonism. And then we lifted it uh, October 1st. Like, so, so there's definitely, even when it comes to masks, there's a lot of debate. But now with Pfizer and Moderna rolling out these vaccines, and I think, at least from what I'm hearing, that um, they are certainly the mark of the beast – if you get them, you're going to hell, or um, they're causing
0: problems. Or yeah, we'll get we'll get to that, <laughs> Megan. <Yeah>, there's there's <laughs> a lot of debate
1: around it now. So right. so now we're here at this at this juncture.
0: So Megan, what is your feeling on reactions to COVID, and you know, in, in the medical field, and what what everybody's dealing with, trying to make the right decision? They don't want to play into the fear mongering, but they want to love their neighbor. Differentiate for me and let me know where you're at with masks versus vaccine and and versus what what people should be doing, what Christians should be doing to kind of show Jesus to others.
2: I think with the masks, um, you know, <laughs> I don't prefer them. I just think that a lot of it's illogical and hypocritical. Um, with like when you have to wear them and when you don't, and I think too, just from a medical perspective. Unless, you know, you're walking into like, unless they're sterile constantly and your hands are sterile, the second you touch your face in your mask or if it's cotton and then your mask comes off and you don't wash it. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, there's just a lot behind that. So I just I don't know how effective they are. And so I just think that I fall on the side of if you feel like you need to wear a mask or you feel more comfortable wearing a mask, then I think that's you're right. And I think that's great. But I think forcing it on everyone is not appropriate either.
0: Gotcha. No. <laughs> so so now that we kind of know your positions on masks, transitioning into the vaccine. Okay. I think there's an obvious difference, right? I, I would land on the mask portion. They're the most annoying things in the world. Not the most annoying, but one of the most annoying things <laughs> in the world. There. I can't think of anything yeah. <laughs> worse than when I'm walking into a Clearly place. Clearly, you've never been a pastor. I've got my <laughs> I've got my keys, my phone, and my wallet, and I think I'm good, like, but I forgot my mask. Yeah. That being said, to me, it's whatever, like I'll wear a mask. It doesn't Mm -hmm. bother me that much. Um, I realize they're forcing it on us. I'll wear a mask. I'll continue to wear a mask as long as it's recommended in a way to love my neighbor, right? So that's kind of how I feel, even though it's annoying because there's zero risk. There's no harm being done, in my opinion, um, besides maybe a slippery slope slope argument, but there's no real harm being done by me having to wear a mask. It's just a little annoyance in my life that I've got to deal with now, right? But when you talk about the vaccine, And we transition into something a lot more serious and a lot more significant. Talk a little bit about, and either one of you guys can go first, and Aaron, feel free to jump in, a little bit about how the anti-vax world and group and people that were already there before this is all happening, how do you think that wave has affected the COVID-19 vaccine and how everybody's kind of thinking and feeling about the COVID-19 vaccine?
3: So anti-vaxxers are people who are kind of against vaccines, right? Again, they've always existed. Right. And I do think because the timeline of this vaccine is so shortened that it creates a lot of discomfort and suspicion with the timeline, right? So people feel they, they didn't trust vaccines before when right. they took 10 years to get approved by the FDA. They're definitely not going to trust one that was pushed through in nine months. Um, and I could argue why I feel like that timeline is actually not that shortened, but I think those arguments are things that you would have to dig for. You're not going to find that on like your Facebook feed. Nobody's going to make a cute meme about how, about the uh, prototype pathogen pro- program that the NIH has. Like no one's, that's not a meme. It's not memeable, if that's a word.
1: Um, I, I like the word. Memeable? meme-able? Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. memeable. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a
1: thing. But I, I know there's, I know there's people that like, we're not anti-vax. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't think you are, Mm-mm. but yet we're very reticent to jump sure. in line for sure. the COVID-19 VAX. And so is there is there a legitimacy to that, Megan?
2: I mean, I think that there's a legitimacy like a legitimacy to any medication, like going into taking any type of medication, because there's always going to be risks. Um and the way like medicine and physicians look at it is do the benefits outweigh the risks? And so that's gonna depend on every single individual person. Like when I talk to doctors about different medications, you know, they'll ask me, well, these are the things that my, you know, these are the comorbidities that my patients have. Like, is your medicine going to affect, you know, how these other comorbidities, you know, they're going to, are they going to, you know, affect each other? And so I think there's always a risk, but you have to look at the the benefits too. And so like with the vaccine... I think there's a lot of fear mongering that happens, um, especially coming from some anti-vaxxers, not all anti-vaxxers, because I think there's legitimacy to their feelings, too. Um, But there's a lot of fear mongering and there's like a lot of websites now that aren't correct or real and they're coming from a place of fear mongering. And so when people are trying to search for information, especially on vaccines, um, it's not correct. And so then that travel, like I've already seen so many things on the COVID vaccine and it drives me crazy, like just being passed around mm-hmm. social media because it's just not true. And so I think you just individually have to look at, you know, your kids wouldn't be able to even get the vaccine. So it would just be you and Danielle, cause it's for 16 and over for Don't COVID you? and then 18 for the Moderna one. But um, do you, have you guys been vaccinated before? you know, what are your reactions to those vaccinations? Like, have you been pretty okay with all of that? I mean, and then you talk to your doctor about that kind of stuff too, and then you just kind of go from there.
0: But aren't vaccines by their nature riskier than other medications that you're talking about, like heart medication or whatever you may be on if you go to a doctor and they're going to prescribe you some <laughs> medication?
2: I mean, I don't think so, but...
3: I would say no. Yeah. Okay, why not? Um, I mean, a medication you're going to take more than once, mm-hmm. right? A vaccine... in. Uh, you're constant. all right, following like the germ theory of disease, right? You're constantly exposed to microbes every single day. And it, I don't know how well-versed the average public person is in like the germ theory of disease mm-hmm. because COVID came out and suddenly everyone was like wiping down their groceries, like COVID could be on that. Well, yeah, like anything, more likely E. coli is on it <laughs> to be frank. So you're constantly, your immune system is constantly being assaulted by bacteria and viruses, and it's designed for that. Um, So I don't know that a vaccine in and of itself that launches an immune response is more dangerous than a medication you could take, particularly when you think about like a public health perspective, right? Like people are nervous to take a vaccine, but they take oxycodone like it's nothing, right? right? I mean, like we take a lot of medications that have all sorts of side effects Mm -hmm. because we view it as beneficial to us. Vaccines are different because you're talking about, you know, kind of how Megan was talking about the risks and benefits. If you decide to get the vaccine, it's not really the risk and benefit as much for you as it is for your whole community, right? Like, And I think that's kind of the argument is for young, healthy people, like by and large, you'll be okay Mm -hmm. if you get COVID, right? The majority of people who get it recovery. Um, So when you're talking about getting the COVID vaccine, it's not necessarily the benefit for you that we're worried about, right? They're talking about the benefit for all the vulnerable members of society. Yep.
2: Like I would use my dad as an example. He has two different autoimmunes. And so COVID for him, and he's over 65, healthy guy otherwise, but because they don't know how his immune system would handle if he got COVID, he would want to be, you know, get the vaccine. Like, And the, the flip side of that is if you look at the clinical trials, both of them, Pfizer and Moderna, they don't know, it says specifically in there, they don't know how it's going to affect someone that has a compromised immune system or any type of autoimmune sure. deficiency. So it's like, so then he would be one where he would have to talk to his doctor and say, Do the benefits outweigh the risks for me to get this vaccine? And if his doctor says, no, like, I think you should probably not get the vaccine and just kind of, you know, risk getting COVID, then that's where I don't even know if it's loving, you know, loving your neighbor as much as being a blessing to others around you by getting the vaccine, because then any, the more people that do that, then any contact that my dad has with the masses of people, if most of them have gotten the vaccine, then they're blessing him by helping protect him from getting it,
1: and that's really the crux of the argument from the Christian side of right. things. So I was watching, and I just want your thoughts on this. I don't know if you've seen it, but John MacArthur is a well-known pastor out in California. Love him; he's a Bible expositor. He's brilliant, ultra-conservative, which I'd be in that in that realm politically. Um, but he he had a question come in. It's on YouTube uh, from one of his congregants on a Sunday night. Should Christians take the COVID vaccine? And he said, "You have a this is what he said." Correct the misinformation because there's a lot of it out there. He said if you get it, you have a 99.98% chance of surviving it with no long lasting whatever. If you take the vaccine, it's 94% effective. So he said, and everybody laughed, why diminish your odds? Is there any legitimacy to that? Or is that just
0: because it's actually 94% of the 002 percent is what it would be. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it because if you already it, it would just affect <clears> the it, it sounds if you well, were it's like, very yeah. memeable. It but sounds the, very it, funny memeable. like yeah. the, on the surface, but
1: yeah, but it's it's kind of misinformation from a good source of of biblical information that I I heard that and I go, I don't know if that's legitimate and if Christians should really be buying in that. But yet thousands and thousands of people are buying that message that hey, I'm lowering my odds when they're forgetting that um, people like your dad are going to be dependent right. on the masses of 20s and 30s and 40-year-olds who are willing to get vaccinated so that your dad doesn't come in contact with somebody who has COVID.
2: Right. And yeah. that's how I would I would say that. I love John MacArthur, too. I think he's awesome, but that kind of sucks that he said that a little bit just because <laughs> like, he is. He's such a platform to be able yeah. to encourage it, too. And I don't know. I know it's like a slippery slope to go either way with it, like to stand up and encourage to get vaccinated, but I think like at the end of the day, being a blessing, you know, showing love and being a blessing by getting it, like we could all get it. And I would say on the flip side too, just based on my experience, I'm part of that 99.96 or whatever it is, percent of that, the survival rate, but I don't want to live through what I did um, again. And so for me, even though the odds are a little bit lower um, with the vaccine, I would, I'm would. i going to get the vaccine just based on the fact that it's still 95% effective. And that's way more effective than the flu shot. I mean, so much flu more. shot's like mm-hmm. 30 40%, well,
0: yeah. right? So we're like, in, a, in, in kind yeah. of the same line, and you already mentioned the timeline. Yes. So the timeline of this vaccine versus other vaccines, does that give you any more pause or should it be taken in any more of a strict look for people that are considering taking this vaccine versus other vaccines? Because you already said, if you've been vaccinated before, if you vaccinate your kids, whatever, right. shouldn't this timeline give us some more pause or should it I guess I is think the it question. should Go I ahead. think it
3: should right I mean, I think as Christians but just as thinkers right, right. we should be discerning, right it's a yeah. it's a shockingly different number. Um, so you do have to look at it more closely. So the NIH has a prototype pathogen program where they kind of identify, Pathogens that are likely to become pandemics. And so coronavirus was identified in like 2015. They started working on a vaccine for it and they used like the SARS and MERS Mm -hmm. kind of base. So they've been working on it. It it wasn't finished, but they had this kind of chunk of vaccine sort of already ready, this like genome already sequenced and whatnot. Um, And Moderna has had... The mRNA technology for like over ten years, they've been working on that as well, just not in vaccines, like in other pharmaceuticals. Cardiovascular, actually, they're there you go. using it. Yeah. Um. So when you say something was invented in nine months, like that's not actually true, right? These pieces have been working, have been you know kind of being manufactured or worked on for a while. This timeline was shortened because those pieces already existed. And then you also partially,
0: have- right? Partially, partially. yes. Partially. But also partially because of the emergent situation and yes. and the pushing of it, right? So right. they did have some things in place. Yes. But in no world would this have come around this fast had the pandemic not no. hit like it did. Right. And then
3: you have to ask, okay, so what made it come around quickly? Mm-hmm. Money, right? Sure. That Moderna got like almost five hundred million dollars mm-hmm. for this sure. from the government. It's um, so like and twenty then, times
0: more money, I think, than the than last anyone, one that. They, yes. Yeah.
3: And then they've also been kind of absolved of any responsibility for what happens with the vaccine, That's the right? Part so to you me. get the vaccine and you get an yeah. encephalitis and it kills you. You can't sue anybody. No one's held responsible. Like they're like, huh? Yeah. Ah, sucks yeah. for your luck. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you can kind of look at it like, oh my gosh, this vaccine was rushed in nine months, or you can look at it from the other side and say, wow, like when we all work together and we kind of eliminate some of these barriers, we're able to create like really amazing scientific breakthroughs in only nine months. Um, but I think there should be wisdom on on both ends of that. you know? Yeah,
0: because it's the second fastest one ever was, I think it was like mumps or something, and it was mm-hmm. four years right. with the same things in place. And this took nine months. So I think that it is legitimate for that to give people pause, right? So I think for sure it's just as bad for people to say, everybody's trying to screw us, all these doctors, pharmaceutical reps, nurses, everybody's just trying to push this stuff on us. They don't know what they're talking about. They want us to get all these drugs pumped into us, right? right. That's foolish, in my opinion, to have a blanket statement like that. But I also think it's foolish to have a blanket statement on the other side to say, trust the doctors, trust the medical professionals. Right. Nothing's going to hurt us. If they say in nine months, it's fine, then we can take it. Like I think that's just as foolish to just Walk blindly into it, right? If you're 75 years old and you could die if you get COVID and you want to get the vaccine and you're going to take it no matter what, I understand that too, right? Mm -hmm. I think we all are kind of in the position where you have to make the decision that's best for yourself as a thinker, right? So, Aaron, when looking at these pros and cons of the vaccine, what kind of biblical message comes to mind where decisions that Christians have to make to love your neighbor, protect your community, but also do what you think is right, do what you think is biblical, do what you think is Christ-like, and are there any legitimacy, is there any legitimacy to the concerns that this is going to be like some kind of way for them to track us, mark of the beast, you know, whatever?
1: Yeah, so I do want to address a couple of the things I have heard from the Christian community and even from friends, because I I know very little in the medical realm compared to these ladies and even yourself. Yeah. Um, So I lean into when people ask me, Hey, who are you trusting? It's certainly not big media, big tech. It's people who are dealing with this every day. Like people who have had it, people who are in medical fields, they're dealing with it. But when I look at this from a kind of theological, uh, through a theological grid, uh, there's a couple of things. One I hear and i've heard it even in our church and if you've been spreading it i love you but just stop that this is the mark of the beast that uh you know and as far as how trackable it is and all that somebody else can answer that question but as far as it being the mark of the beast first of all if you even take and i'll keep this very brief but if you even take a futuristic view which most christians in america would 80% of christians would probably take a futuristic view that the tribulation is still coming that there might or might not be a rapture as as differentiated from the second coming You have to stay consistent in your theological grid, meaning that the mark of the beast to you, a futurist, would not be introduced until after a rapture, at least into the tribulation. Now, according to yesterday's events at the Capitol, uh, because we're sitting here in January 7th right now, maybe the tribulation started yesterday. Who knows? But um, I'm joking, by the way. Not really. No, not really. (laughs) But But you have to stay consistent. So you can't just be Throwing out ideas, concepts of a tr- of a mark of the beast constantly. It's ridiculous. It's absurd, and it's actually uh, creating kind of a, even a more hostility against the disingenuous mindset that is Christianity. Like, be consistent. Be thinking when it comes medically and scientifically. Be thinking when it comes biblically. Like, I don't hold to that to, to an eschatological framework that the mark of the beast is still to come. I I hold to most people know this that they've seen our prior YouTube, Facebook videos. I hold to that it already came, that it came in 70 A.D., that it was a uh, not not a visible physical mark, but it is a the spiritual mark that's recorded in Deuteronomy on your right hand or your forehead, a sign of allegiance to Rome. Uh, I believe Nero was the Antichrist or the beast. And if you're listening and you hear this for the first time, don't get all hung up on that. My whole point is be consistent in your systematic framework. Um, this is not the mark of the beast. I can say that with assurance. Like, this is not the mark of the beast. Stop telling people it's the mark of the beast. Six months ago, you were telling people that Bill Gates was the beast. Like, just stop. Like, it's just ridiculous. All right, so that's for those who believe that, they've probably turned it off now. Two, um, I also hear that this is from uh, created from aborted cells okay. of babies. Um, that's not legit. You, I listened to, a, and I would lean to you guys more than focus on the family, but I listened to focus on the family who I trust on this, two different physicians, and they said um, that, uh, what is it, the cell path or whatever is not from uh, aborted fetuses for these two. They said, now maybe for future COVID vaccines, it could be, but it's not for the Pfizer or Moderna Correct. vaccine. And so we just need to stop spreading that misinformation and lies. Like we need to be trustworthy people as Christians. Like we need to check our data, check our facts, stop spreading stuff on social media. We know from uh, a lot of reports that. Uh, lies travel six times faster on social media than the truth. And so just stop doing that, all right? Um, so it doesn't come from aborted babies. And then I've also heard that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So why would you put something like that in there? And I would say, once again, let's be consistent and not drink any Pepsi or eat anything that's unhealthy for us and make sure we're taking care of our bodies. I believe First Corinthians 6 that our body's temple of the Holy Spirit is in the framework of sexuality. So don't sleep with somebody who's not your spouse is what Paul's getting after there. Not that you shouldn't do anything that's unhealthy for your body. So those are mostly the arguments that I'm hearing about this. Now, obviously, there's a side... And then whether or not this is unhealthy for your body, would be a different discussion. Yes. Then there's the side effects and, and things of that nature. And so I wanted to address those first and foremost. When we think about the vaccine, I do think Megan has brought up the most legitimate argument for taking the vaccine, especially if you're young and you're healthy. Why should I take this? I've got a 99 plus percent chance of surviving this, no lasting repercussions, whatever. But you would be taking it for, like Renee said, for others, which is what, I'm not saying that we should take it, but what we are called to do as Christians is to think not only of ourselves, Paul says in Philippians 2, but to think of the good of others as well, to live in a selfless, sacrificial way for other people. Now, that doesn't mean compromising your health, putting a toxin in your body, whatever. So it, it doesn't mean that, that we don't think of ourselves at all, but there is a legitimacy to um, to an, a Christian who would argue, hey, others should get this so that those who are compromised are are more protected because the masses have gotten this.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think that the hard part is, I think where we're kind of going to land is should Christians take the vaccine is going to be person by person, case by case basis, right? Everybody should make their own decision. My feeling on it is masks, social distancing, not going out and being crazy and just going to, you know, bars, football games, whatever it may be, is a good way to love your neighbor and try not to spread it. And I think that the vaccine is an additional step. I think it's a a step that if people don't make, they shouldn't feel guilty acting like they don't love their neighbors, right? That's what I, I don't feel like that should be taken in. Me personally, you guys can all disagree with me. I don't think that should be taken into the equation of whether or not you're determining if you should take the vaccine or not. I think you should be a thinking person, make a medical, physical, health decision, and then do your best to love your neighbor, yeah. right? I don't think that we should put the Bible on top of it saying the only way you can love your neighbor in this situation is to get the vaccine. That's that's my position. Do you guys agree with that or disagree with it? If you disagree with that, perfectly fine. Do you disagree with that?
2: No, I agree with that. Okay. Yeah. I pretty much agree. I just think that also if pretty you- much- <laughs> Like if you just look at it, like, do we want to get out of this pandemic and start living our lives again, mm-hmm. then there has to be some type of herd immunity or mm-hmm. like, and you can do that. We could have done that before by just letting it spread. And now that we have the vaccine, that's another way to, to establish the herd immunity. And the, so the more people that get the vaccine, the quicker, more people will be protected and this will kind of go away.
0: So I think every argument is layered. And I think that argument is layered with the fact that we're going to trust that if everybody gets this vaccines, masks are going to go away, social distancing, we're going to be able to get back to normal. We don't know that, right? So we think that, but then it's also not going to be a force, it may be a forced vaccine, we don't know. Because it just came down, the EEOC said that employers can force employees to get the vaccine, even employees with disabilities, even employees with religious beliefs that say they can't get the vaccine, they have to give them accommodations. If they can't, they can fire them, right? So the, a forced vaccine could come down. If it doesn't there's going to be a ton of people that don't get it no matter what. Right. So there's always going to be someone, probably a politician that's going to stand up in front of us and say, not enough of you got it. We still have to keep doing this, that, and the other. So I don't think the idea that we could make this go away if we all got the vaccine, I don't think as I get um, theoretically and in a perfect world, no utopia, what you're saying may work, but it's not going to work here. Right. So in our Kind of decision making. I don't think that's going to make the the pandemic go away. I think if it was going to, then Christians should think harder about whether or not we should get it. But yeah, I if think there was that- if there
1: was legitimacy, like hundred percent, this will be gone, like a guarantee by yeah. August. If ninety five percent of the population takes it. If if that was hundred percent, which we don't know. Once again, I trust you guys, but by and large, the the medical community, the science community, the political community, we don't know who to trust, and so. If 95% get, I mean, Fauci just changed his word supposedly on, he said 60%. Now he's saying 85, 90% Mm -hmm. have to get it. And so like, what is real? Like what's, what's legit? I think there'd be a much stronger argument that we should, Christians should get it. If we knew hundred percent, this is going to stamp it out.
0: But because there's unknown there, I mean, maybe it's also the same thing that Christians should help people that need help and serve the poor and give money to people that are poor because we could fix that. But none of us do that either. Oh, I, I so I it. mean, I don't know what you're talking about. You that. know what I mean? As <laughs> as a whole, there's lots of things Christians should be doing, right? We like to focus yeah. on the hot button topics, like the COVID vaccine. Yeah. But if we really applied this to the rest of our lives, we should be telling people about Jesus at work and at the grocery store and where we live, right? We should be doing things that further the kingdom, like serving people who need it. But we all want to focus on, I'm not getting the vaccine because of this post on Facebook or whatever, you know, spreading this misinformation. I think that. We should apply this like we apply everything that the Bible tells us in the rest of our life. And this is really like a medical decision. Do I get this surgery or not? Right. Is a similar decision to should I get this vaccine or not? You know, I mean, it's it's is this the right decision? Is this the best decision? Do I trust the doctors? I am someone who usually falls under the veil of trusting professionals. Right. A lot of people out there aren't, especially nowadays, but they study, they get paid, they're smart. They do this stuff for a living. So at some point you have to trust somebody. Yeah. Um, what, where do you guys look for your information that you can trust? If people are interested in info about this, like where do you actually look, obviously not Facebook and blog posts from random people, but where do you find good information?
3: I think the NIH website has yeah. a lot of good information. I think, um, some of it is not super accessible for people in the sense that you kind of have to dig a bit and some of it's like, and you a have to know bit, what you're
0: reading, right? right I mean, you have to know what
3: you're reading. Um, I also get a lot of information from the hospital. Like they just send out like a lot of that stuff. Sadly, all the, like, personal anecdotes are, like, sad and terrible and overly emotional. So I don't think those can really, like, be weighed the same. But, yeah, I think I use the NIH website a lot.
2: I think, I mean, if, like, I'll look, like, as soon as the vaccine came out, I went into the PI, the, the PI, and looked at the clinical trials. Like, I'm interested to see, like, the side effect profiles and all that because that's what everyone's really concerned about, especially when it, it did only come out in eight months. So, I mean, you can go and you can actually just Google COVID-19 vaccine and it'll give you the different companies like it'll give you the Pfizer one and if you just click on patient information you can just go in and you can actually just read about I mean it's you kind of have to know a little bit about I guess how to read do a people kind of actually want that. to know
0: what's going on or do they just want like a quick buzz I think they want mind. memeable things for sure. I don't think <laughs> <for sure>. we <laughs> want it easy right yeah. like we're kind of
1: lazy like Americans the yeah they don't want yeah. to the divide they like either hating or loving That's something the they don't yeah. they don't want to uh, astutely walk through something and kind of take a middle ground position. It's not nearly as fun. It's not, yeah. You
0: know?
1: Um we can probably we
0: can probably end it. But I did want to ask you a yes. question because I I have a thought on this that yeah. that could be wrong. If they were to have said that aborted cells were used in the construction of the vaccine, how would that change your analysis?
1: I don't. Do Do one of you guys want to speak on this before I do?
2: I mean, I I would just say I had told you about
0: it. Um, yeah, Albert, Albert we talked about it. A little Albert
2: Moeller actually came out with a really good article. My guy. Um what?
0: How my God. Piper I love, is your guy. I love Alvin. <laughs> I I like Piper's my guy, my yeah. guy. But
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, he um he just he talked about it, like the COVID vaccine and just a Christian perspective and he kind of he definitely leaned like it's loving your neighbor to get it, but he also talked about the aborted um fetal cells a little bit in there and just um well, he talked about other vaccines and if you go back, there was cells used back in the late 50s, early 60s, um, what are currently in the vaccines now, not COVID, but these other ones are just replicas. They're they're not actual, not using aborted it's not like babies cell. that they're, you know, it's just so there's that. And then he just was also saying, too, that it's that's wrong. Of course, like we shouldn't, you know, be happy yeah. about that. But, you know, can we use what is a sin um, and then use it for the good? down the road and helping others and, and that type of thing. I probably didn't say it as – I didn't say it as I, well as he did, but it's a really good article. Yeah,
1: I mean I don't want to misconstrue what Focus said, but they were saying something – these doctors and the president of Focus on the Family was saying something very similar to what Moeller said of, of this, this heinous thing was committed in 1968 or 1972 where they took these stem cells and now – they're not—they're not actually doing that anymore Correct. to create the vaccines from. But do we, while frowning upon that and acknowledging that was sinful, do we use that? I, to be, uh, if I'm completely frank, uh, I'm one of those. I like to have an opinion on everything, clearly, but I don't have an opinion on how to move forward. I would lean into people who have done a lot more research on this issue. Um, um, it would bother me a lot more if the vaccine, in taking the vaccine, if it was from um aborted cells. But from everything I've heard from professionals and those who've researched it, it's not.
0: I think that if it was going to be used as an argument for needing more abortions mm-hmm. to be able to create more vaccines, that's obviously problematic. I think if we as Christians could stand up against it and it would actually fix or change, fix a problem or change something that needed to be changed, then it's worth it. But I'm not one that's for like just moral positioning and be like because yeah. This is made from a replica of an abortion in 1968 that nobody can go back and do anything about now. And this may have come from a replica cell so that I don't think that does anything. I think that just makes us feel good about ourselves and we can be pious and say, that's why I don't do it. When in reality, we don't even know how things went through the waves to get to where we are now, you know, 50 years later or whatever. That's kind of my so,
1: thought. On yeah. So to to conclude, Megan, you would and you don't have to answer if you want to. You would encourage people to get the vaccine.
2: I would just – I mean, yes. I think at the end of the day, if you're healthy and you've had vaccines before, including like when you're a kid, you know, and you're you're fairly healthy and the, the benefits outweigh the risks for you, then just be a blessing to others that can't get the vaccine and um,
1: – But you wouldn't say – even though you would encourage, you wouldn't say Christians should no, absolutely. absolutely not.
2: I, that's right. definitely individual and that's okay. your heart and you're, you know, between cool. you and God and all of that. So, Renee? Um, I think
3: you're not a Christian if you don't get it. No,
1: I'm no, 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 <laughs> um, good. Let's just cut it right there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I got the vaccine. Um, I think that Christians shouldn't feel obligated to get it. Can you tell? <laughs> I feel the 5G technique. <laughs> <laughs> um no, I think you should feel encouraged to get it. And I think you should yeah. thoughtfully consider getting it. I don't think they should feel obligated.
1: Okay. Yeah. And I would I would land there as well. You, Pete, you can share if you like, but I have a feeling you're kind of where we are.
0: I would I would enc- I don't think I'm where you are at all. I okay. I don't think I mean I, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting the vaccine. I would not say people should get the vaccine. I wouldn't encourage people to get the vaccine. My opinion would be I'm not a medical professional. This is not medical advice or legal advice. If you, if you feel like you need the vaccine, get it. That's it. Like I wouldn't feel like uh, that's my position. If you don't think you need the vaccine, if you don't think it's going to help you, if you don't think it's going to help others, then don't get it. Like I, I don't. I but think those if are you two big points. Yeah. You don't
3: think it's going to help you versus you don't think yeah, it's going to help I others. Yeah. And There's if you like think less than it is half going a percent, percent to, chance it'll help you. So, so, right. So right? that's
1: that's where I would I, I would land probably close where Megan or Renee is mm-hmm. then. Okay. So not with you. Um, <laughs> that, I, I like when we end up. No, like we like we end up differently. I mean, I would I would land that. I mean, I have parents who are pushing seventy. Um, that have my dad's pre- all in, getting yeah, that, it that as have, soon as he that, can. No, 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 that have pre-existing. And it would seem, from what I know, that it would be far more beneficial for my parents that it, for me to get the mm-hmm. vaccine than for them to get the vaccine. Like, Or at least it's going to be beneficial if we both get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. If I don't get it, if I refuse to because I'm healthy and only 40, don't have any pre-existing, and they get it, I can still spread it to them. Is that correct or no? If- no
3: they get the vaccine and you don't. Correct. You could pass it to them. Yeah. Ideally they would have enough antibody to okay. like fight it yeah. off
1: yes. And so it just it's an extra layer of protection for them. Yes. And so I'm kind of thinking of it in the realm of what Megan said earlier with her father of I would encourage caution and care and, and research and talking to people you can trust in this, determining. I do think it's individual. I would not press that like the only right way um, is that you have to get this. It's a sense the if only you don't way to this. love your
0: neighbors to get the vaccine. We don't. No, no. I'm, yeah, no. We're, not, we're not
1: landing there today, but I do think it's something that should be considered and shouldn't just be thrown out because something was memeable for sure. Yeah.
0: Thanks for joining us that today,
1: Megan. Thanks, Thank Renee. You. Awesome to have you ladies on the podcast. Until next time.
0: Thanks for listening
1: to Out of Odds. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. Out of Odds is produced by Building 28 Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about the show and Building 28 by visiting outofoddspodcast.com. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app.